There's not too many active rappers that we can give the title of a living legend to, but when I think about Lil Wayne, there's so many iconic moments, albums, and songs in his catalog, taking it all the way back from the 90s with the Hot Boys, all the way to what he's doing now, consistently dropping crazy feature verses, and still giving us albums and continuing his legendary Carter series. If you really have been following Wayne's career from beginning to present, you know how much quality is in there. And for that reason, for the first ever time, we felt like it was only right for us to do our top 10 Lil Wayne songs episode. And if you guys have been following the podcast and enjoying our weekly episodes, make sure to hit that follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every other platform that you guys check out podcasts on because we will be back every Tuesday with a new episode. And we appreciate you guys joining us for this experience and a lot more to come in terms of top 10 lists and other cool content. But let me ask you this, when it comes to forming a list like this, bro, it's a fucking challenge. We obviously know that, but there must have been some locks, but there must have also been some open slots. So when it came to discovering those open slots, why did you really have to dig deep into which area? So I had to play this strategically. I felt like I was playing Risk this weekend because I had to attack certain things in a certain manner. I think the guy has over 29 mixtapes. So obviously, it's just, it's so hard to go through everything. And then after that, you've listened to so much music and you're like, well, what am I really comparing and contrasting? So obviously, I had locks. I have locks on here that I've known for the past 15 years of my life would make a list like this. You know, maybe when little Anthony was in elementary school, I said, well, okay. A Millie's going to be on this list. You no know? fucking and, kidding. And, and no kidding it is. But what's interesting is that I had to do a lot of deep diving on certain applications, like example, a dad piff, where I do a lot of my, um, you know, listening experience. Where though? Because on my phone, I don't have access. You have to go on your laptop. I still have it downloaded. So what I'm able to do is that I have the dad piff uh, application on my phone. I just not able to play anything. So I went through the playlist. Ah, and then I what see. I did was is that I ended up going back onto YouTube or even SoundCloud. And I ended up spinning them from there just to see. What was my listening experience like with Wayne when I was a kid? Or maybe what did I listen to for the first time that might have been a remix? Because this is the interesting part about Wayne is that obviously you have your crazy concept songs and you have these mega opium, like like just these fucking crazy songs in his catalog that are obviously going to make the list. But he has remixes and mixtape songs that could be considered as some of his best ever material. And you know? that's that's all up for grabs. I mean, uh, I, I will say this. I have more studio album tracks on I my list well. than I do mixtape cuts. But to say that I don't have any remixes, that would be a lie. I mean, you have to have at least one Wayne remix. And um, I'm going to get to mine a bit. Uh, actually, not later on. That's actually going to be my first recommendation. Uh, my number 10 spot for this list is going to be We Taken Over Remix from The Drought 3. Came out in 2007. Um, and if you're a Wayne fan, you know that, that, that those late 2000s um, was really peak Wayne. Like, this was really Wayne in his bag at the highest level. And the reason why I had to include this remix is just because I just found it absolutely fucking absurd that Wayne decided to rap over the same beat twice in the same year because he originally had dropped his verse to this... Uh, to this song or this production, I should say, on a DJ Khaled song. And then I guess he wasn't satisfied with it or maybe he wanted to outdo himself because when the Drought 3 rolled around, he decided to rap over the same beat again. Um, and it's complete freestyle. And it's one of those songs where it's like, you know, sometimes certain artists will put freestyle at the end of a song title and you're like, was that was that really a freestyle, bro? Or did you write this for like a, a week straight? You know what I mean? Yeah. But with Wayne, 
it's a different story. You know what I mean? You could you could really hear when something's coming off the top of the head, and that's what you get with the We Taken Over remix. You're getting funny, charismatic, and careless Wayne bars. Um, he's literally starting to wrap off his verse by saying that you know he eats rappers like that's his pastime is is eating rappers up, and then um, he spends time kind of fucking around. He's giving his flowers to Birdman. He's also playing into like the controversy of. Um, that whole like picture or whatever of them kissing, he's like poking fun at that and um, really just getting controversial with it. And what's cool too is that it's just one long verse where Wayne is just spazzing off, um, giving love to his mentors. And um, like I said, it's just one of those pure freestyles that I appreciate out of Wayne where I'm like, this is one of the, the rawest freestyles that he's ever dropped, and that's why I had to include it. Yeah, I went to the Drought 3 as well. I have For a number drought, 10? No, I have a Drought 3 placement at number 8, actually. Okay. Um, and there's a couple of placements on the Drought 3 that you could put into a list like this. But on my number 10 position, I have Birdman Jr. off of the first Carter. W. And uh, this was a song that I absolutely adored from childhood all the way till now. Um, and I also think that this is an extremely important song for Wayne's catalog because it is the best song off of the Carter, um, the first one. And it's kind of like a catapult for him for what he was going to be able to do with the Carter 2, the Carter 3, and so on and so forth. And it was kind of like this thing for me where I realized, you know, if he never dropped this song, would I be hearing the Lil Wayne that I hear today? Probably not, because stylistically and even just the aggression, the punchlines, everything that comes with this song... It's so interesting because it kind of catapulted Lil Wayne into a completely different direction sonically for his new run that he would do, obviously, in the later 2000s. I also think that when you have to look at some of the lyricism on this song, some of the best ever lyrics that Wayne has ever spat comes into this first verse. So... Listen to this. Real shit, I'm ducking bombs from a drug war. No religion, but the cops swear that I'm a drug lord. Father, forgive him, for they not know who they push and lord. Father, forgive me if I have to send them to you, lord. I'm just trying to dodge the shots they send to the god. They riddling up highway to heaven boulevard. And it's very interesting because if you guys go through this passage, you guys could go see this on Genius. Lil Wayne is using the word lord in two different instances and using it obviously as lord, the god almighty, and himself as the drug lord and then after that it also kind of foreshadows what he would do with future rhyme schemes example like the one that he does on Mona Lisa with the word line where he locks into one word and then after that has it project throughout the rest of the rhyme I was scheme. let it fly though the whole let it line, fly yeah. sorry sorry yeah. I'll let it fly and I think that it was just this beautiful precursor for what we would see later on into his career. So I love the importance of it. I think that it's a goaded first verse and just incredible seeing Wayne assert his dominance at such a young age in 2004. So yeah, number 10 a, placement. It's a, it's a timeless banger for sure. I mean, you even have modern day rappers like Uzi still rapping over that beat um, for good reason. But um, before we get into our number nines, I'm curious of what you didn't bring in that might surprise me. Okay, very interesting. So the honorable mentions, I didn't bring in Hustler Music off of the Carter 2. That was something that I was considering because I have other Carter 2 placements. Um, you don't even know off of Dedication 5. That oh, remix, I was considering that, that too. That is a stupid remix. One of his best ever remixes, and I actually think going back, I prefer it over the Black Hippie remix, and I prefer it over ASAP Rocky and Future's remix. Oh, wow. So I know it's a hot take, but I think it's the best ever use of that You Don't Even Know beat. Um, looking at what he did on 3 Pete off the Carter 3, I have a another intro 
over this one. Um, I also was considering Mega Man and Blunt Blowing off of um, the Carter Four. Those were two songs that I was I, like, I have one of those on there. I, I think you maybe have Mega Man. If, if yeah, I think maybe I caught you. I think you. I think you have Mega Man on this list, but that was creeping at the number ten position. And then let's do it off of No Ceilings Three. Um, that Walk of Flocka beat is absolutely iconic. And if you go through the rhyme schemes and just the wordplay, the luxury talk, everything considered, it could be considered in the top tier of his performances. Yeah. How about you? Um, what do I have in there? I have six foot seven foot which is obviously one of his biggest bangers and that was a huge moment that's another honorable mention that was a popping song that you know was sort of like his getting out of jail celebration joint people went crazy over that and it was another classic bangladesh beat so it was kind of tough to leave that one off um but speaking about the carter four president carter did not crack my list i had 10 songs that i felt like were above it i know that's going to be probably a lock for you um, I didn't bring it as well. You didn't bring it in? Wow. I didn't bring it as well. I thought you were going to bring that because you have like a, a really big admiration for it. I have a big admiration for it, but I was able to find 10 better songs. Yeah. I'm going to be here. honest with you. Um, apart from that, what else did I have? Green Ranger with J. Cole. Um, that's one of my favorite, you know, Wayne um, mixtape collaborations, but there just wasn't room for it on this list. Um, apart from that, Nightmares of the Bottom is another underrated one. That's a big one. Three Pete, like you mentioned. Um, what else would I say? That's pretty Hustler's much music, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. He has so many classics. Much it. But yeah, speaking about number nine, the Carter Four songs that you were talking about, I do not have Mega Man on my Blunt list, Blowing. but I do have Blunt Blowing, which is off of the Carter Four, came out in 2011, and I just absolutely love everything about this song. To me, when I listen to this song, if I wanted to show someone who wasn't familiar with Wayne what a Lil Wayne song is like... This is what I would show them because you have this banging southern rap beat that's really bass heavy and you have Wayne giving you enough witty bars to build a fucking tower and just the feeling of the song. It's fun. It's dynamic. It's energetic from start to finish. It's very braggadocious, very brash in your face, Lil Wayne as well. It's very, yeah, it's, it's also, um, it's one of those songs where... Wayne is at his cockiest. Like that's what I love to hear was when Wayne is at his most confident and he enters into two different pockets throughout the song and really lives in those pockets and feels them out for as long as he's in those verses and the wordplay is fucking extraordinary. So of course you have the classic line, I still got the vision like a line between two dots. I did a TikTok on that. People fucking loved it because even me as a kid, like I remember listening to that bar and like even reciting it and just being stupid enough to not fucking put two and two together even though it was the most obvious bar but it's just it was clever the way that he laid it out that's what it was then you also have lines like cut the bullshit out i'm edward with the scissors um and that's just the beauty of this song is that he's that playful for the entirety of it um love the hook as well and to me this is one of those wayne songs that i could play yeah yeah it's just it's one of those songs you could play in any setting, bro. I could play it on the ox. I could play it at a party. It's very versatile. I could play it for someone who wants to get into Wayne if they're not familiar with him. Um, just one of those special songs that's one of the most replayable for me, and I think for a lot of the Wayne community, and that's why it had to be thrown in for me. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, so at my number nine, I have Let It All Work Out um, off of the Carter Five. This is an extremely important song in Wayne's career and also for his life. And just I, thought, what, I thought you weren't going to put it in. No, no, no. I have to bring this in. Listen, I, uh, I have my own rotation, but I also know what is the best. And one of Wayne's most personal songs, probably is actually his, his most personal song it ever. It is. Um, 
obviously talking about the tragedy that had happened to him when he was a child and, um, you know, the attempted suicide and just everything that came with that song was extremely difficult to listen to. But I also want to give credit to the production because this song samples Sampha's 2013 song Indecision. And if you look at the way that this is chopped up, it almost feels like Sampha's on the entire hook and that he's actually providing background vocals and they just did a, such a great job of using that entire he's like loop throughout the entire track. The entire song. And then after that, sometimes he's actually layered on top of Wayne's vocals. And going back to this track, um, I was just in awe because you go back to the Carter Five and there's a lot of miscalculations when it comes to, let's say, Wayne's auto-tune or the way certain things are delivered. But with this song, there was no mistakes. It was literally perfection from start to finish. One of his most personal songs ever in his catalog and just gives you a great insight on what Wayne's life was like before um, he ended up becoming a child star and before he ended up coming into the mainstream as this child that you know had a lot of fame on him and what would the pain what was the pain like before he ended up popping off and I just I love to see that perspective um it's very personal it's emotionally jarring and you know it, it takes a lot to be able to lay that down on a studio album so I give Wayne his credits for that that's a top 10 song in his catalog oh, perfect timing for that mention because my number eight is going to be let it all work out off of the Carter Five, I didn't expect to have two Carter Five songs in my top ten list. Oh, but yeah. we have another. I think maybe we're gonna have the same Carter uh, Five song in placement so? for the next one. I don't know. Maybe I have Open Letter on here. Maybe uh, yeah, I have yeah, the yeah. song with Reginald Carter. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't know. But no, in all seriousness, um, listen, bro. As I always say, if you want a recipe to a classic rap song, just get Sampha over some sentimental piano chords. That's all you need, bro. And the Sampha sample on here is perfectly used. Um, it's sort of like the comfort that Wayne needs in this time of anxiety and stress and depression. It's sort of like serenading him as he's going through um, these painful thoughts and experiences. And to be honest with you, this is not one of those songs I listen to every day. And this is not a song that would even crack my top 30 or 40 most played Wayne songs. But this is one of those rare intro introspective Wayne songs. And to be honest with you, when I heard this, I just felt an even closer connection to him as a person. Like this is one this is the song that really humanized Lil Wayne for me and I feel like for a lot of people and it's because it showed us a side of him that we had never seen before. Yeah. He's not typically the guy to get super personal or introspective or take you back through certain trauma that he went through in his life. It's just not been his style and that's totally okay, but when you did get a song like this as the outro for the Carter 5 it was a wow moment. It was like, holy shit, especially when you get to that third verse, which is really yeah. the climax of the song. He's the, it's the start of the third verse where he starts to explain what happened to him. And I also love the metaphor of like, let it all work out where Wayne is kind of talking about, well, that kind of set off a chain of events that would then later make my life great and so yeah, amazing. Yeah, and you just know? him getting into his spirituality too and how about how like God gave him that second chance and you know gave him new life to be one of his prophets and the spread positivity in the world like it was just a really meaningful song like you said the production is perfect it's really a flawless song to be honest with you and my only regret with it is that like it would have been the perfect farewell song like obviously i don't want to see wayne retire but if there was one song that he could have stashed up for that retirement song i, I would have picked let it all work out. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't the view like this? Yeah, song is it just... was. Uh, but it was such an iconic song for the moment too, because there was so much tension and build up to the Carter Five, and people were asking, "Was it ever going to come out?" So to be able to kind of like end off the track list on that note, and like to be able to be at the latter half of the album and get a song like that, I think was perfectly fitting. But let me talk about my number eight selection, and this is where the Drought Three comes in. This is back on my Grizzy, um, from the Drought Three 
And I think that this is one of Wayne's most underrated verses ever, and I'll explain to you why. Um, when you get into the first um, section of that verse, like the first couple of lines, more or less, I want you to go back and listen to this song after uh, we finish this podcast. The way that he seamlessly changes his flows with the ratatat line is some of the best execution of flow I have ever seen in Wayne's career some of the best execution of cadence as well and I think that it is arguably one of the best verses in his career it's four minutes long it is absolutely vicious from start to finish and I also think that it's the best song on his best ever mixtape and what some people might even consider his best ever project and this was one of the songs where I really had to go back and dive deep and I'm like okay the drought three. Where am I going? I know there's You're something on here that I'm gonna grab. It's the I know drought three, baby. And I was just like, I was listening. I'm like, oh, this is this mixtape is still as crazy as it sounded a year ago when I put it down. And now going back into it, I won't be able to put it back down because it's just gonna be my rotation for the next couple of weeks. But also iconic sample of the 2005 song um, "Chop Chop" by Young Blood, and I also like that. When you look at this production, it should have been a Lil Wayne beat. This should have been a Lil Wayne beat. It encapsulates perfectly what Lil Wayne is. Those heavy heart 808s and just this super manic and quick tempo instrumental in back. Signs of, sounds like a bit like electronic to a certain extent. Something that really knocks in the car and one of his best ever bangers on a mixtape. So I brought that in at my number eight selection. Yeah, that's a W. I mean, there's so many tracks off of the Draw 3 that could be in contention for a list like this. And I feel like... If you're truly a Wayne fan, you have at least one in your top 10 list. You kind of have to. Um, But yeah, let me go into number seven. This is going to take us to a studio album. This is going to be off of the Carter 3. Any guesses for my number seven? What do you think it is? Uh, Number seven. Number Uh, seven. Dr. Carter? No. Um, Three-peat. No, you said three-peat was an honorable mention. an honorable mention. Uh, Let the beat build. Let the beat build. Number seven on my list. Did it crack it for you? Bro, I have it much higher. You have it much higher. I have it much higher. And I'll tell you why. I would have put it higher on my list as well. If the lyrical performance was a bit better, which I I don't I, I don't I still think it's a great lyrical performance. I just don't think it's one of his best. I'll explain to um, okay. I'll, I'll explain to you in my explanation yeah. a bit higher why I had it higher because yes, while I do agree with you, maybe the penmanship isn't as focused as certain. He's songs more are. in a loose and fun mood. You know what I mean? But He's it's not also going... it's also the synchronization with the production and tempo, oh, of the product, and, and like that's the value. To, I find that super the, impressive. The the best of that that's the reason why I have it on this list to begin with is the fact that I think that it's the most original. It's the best original beat that Wayne has ever rapped over. Like, putting all the remixes aside, this is the best beat that he's ever been handed. And it came to him thanks to Kanye West and um, Diesel, who both worked on this. And apparently it started off with, like, Wayne asking Kanye West for, like, a soul sample chop up. And then it was actually Wayne who orchestrated the whole concept of this song, who wanted... A beat that kept progressing as you went further and further into the song. So you start off with a soul sample on a loop, then you get the piano keys, then some drums come in, and then the beat only drops once the hook comes in, and that's when you get the snares and the 808s and those harder-hitting um, percussion elements. So I absolutely love the genius aspect of Wayne orchestrating a song like this that just continues to progress as you go deeper into the track. Um and I also love the fact that he'll even tell the producer in the lyrics of the song, like, oh, remove everything except for the 808 track. And then there's a little, like, 10, 20-second period where you just hear Wayne rapping over these 808s. And you're like, I love the concept of this. The fact that the artist himself 
is dictating what sounds he's spitting over. I just found that so creative and just the improvisation of it um, really takes me to um, to the creative mind that is Lil Wayne. And what's crazy too is the fact that he recorded this in just 30 minutes. Um, and like I said, I love the, the loose and fun way that he recorded this lyrically speaking, um, him rapping about approving million dollar deals with his phone and just, you know, people in the, in the bank being friendly to him because of how much money he's dealing with. Um, just some fun bars that are charismatic. And then um, there's also the part later on in the song where he goes like, boom, ba boom, ba boom, mm-hmm. boom. And that reminded me of like a vocalization that like MJ would do on the old Jackson 5 songs, on a song like I Want You Back. Like, it took me back to a bit of a, a Motown type of feeling. So there's a lot of nostalgia behind this song for me as well. It really is. It's a, it's a classic Wayne song. All right, my number seven is going to be the mob off of the Carter 2. Uh, I wanted to include this because it is one of the best ever um, intros in Wayne's catalog. What are you looking at me for? Like That's that? an L. I have that so much higher. No, there's better. Have, there, there's there's, not, I, there, there's there, not better there, Wayne. There, there is better Wayne songs. I don't know, mate. I don't know, man. I have and it I high have, up. And not only that, but I have two other songs off of the Carter Two over here. And the oh re- no, is not better. Like it doesn't stand. It doesn't hold the candle. Yeah, to absolutely. It. I no. re- I even redid my listenings this morning I just so to make I, sure. No, no, uh, no. But going into the mob, I think that it's B- Wayne's best ever intro. Um, it just sets the entire tone for the Carter Two, and it's one of his most iconic songs. When you have to look at that studio album run, and while I do think yes, it's one of his best ever, and the reason why I included it so high up on this list i just i think that there is better written wayne songs like even talking about let's say like the lyrics like i'm going even through i'm looking at them right now like it's crazy and it's one full verse of greatness but like it's not some of the craziest I, I, wayne I, I, writing i'm, I've I'm ever gonna get seen. to it later because this is a this is a crime it's the it's the best song off the carter too it's like, not the e- best easy. song off of the carter too i have two easily. in front of it um i'm gonna get to the other two very soon but yeah as i was saying even the moment the truth sample by willie t is absolutely incredible um throughout the entire production and i love all the sample flips in wayne's catalog and i do think that this is one of the best sample flips in his catalog and as i was saying before that whole verse just lyrical excellence all the way through it's consistent it locks in and um just also a perfect execution of flow especially when you get through the midway point of the verse that's when i feel like things really pick up and he gets a lot more aggressive and of course the content matter is him talking about his criminal life and him talking about the dominance that he has over the rap game and really asserting himself as that top dog and i do feel like that introdu- that introduction and how aggressive it started set the tone for the rest of one of his most dominant ever albums. So that's my number seven selection. No, there's 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 nothing better on the Carter too, man. That's that's crazy to me, honestly. Like especially given that you just re-listen, like I find that really shocking to me that you have two songs above it. Um, really interesting. But um, I want to ask you this: Do you have any Drake and Lil Wayne songs on I your don't. list? You don't have a single one. I don't have a single one. Wow. You? I do. That's going to be my, my next pick at number six. Which one do you think I put in here? Because I was considering She Will. Um, I was considering Family Feud. I was considering Believe Me. B.B. King Freestyle? B.B. King Freestyle is my number six spot mm. off of No Ceilings oh, 3. I knew that I was going to have Drake and Wayne somewhere in my list. But yeah, putting this above Believe Me was really tough, to be honest with you. Because I think that's just their probably hardest hitting banger maybe that they have together but maybe king freestyle makes you absolutely list. what are you listening to uh, bro goodness. i need to look at these songs in wayne's catalog and i know it's probably a hot take for me to put a song where wayne gets 
maybe slightly outwrapped by Drake on a top ten Wayne songs list, but like it's nowhere even near is, some like there's so many songs that you could go to. This where he has is much no, better this verses. is another case of getting a Wayne song that feels so separate from his catalog, and that's mostly because of number one, the meditative approach that is so well executed from start to finish, but it's also because of the beat. I have, there's no other beat that sounds like this in Wayne's in Wayne's catalog because you have this bluesy and jazzy production from Boy Wanda and Hollywood Cole that is absolutely flawless. Not only that, but um, to me, this is a top 10 Drake verse of all time. Like, this is easily <sighs> one of Drake's best verses. If you want to look at... No way! There's you, no... Come on. Okay, go for it. If I'm you want to if you want to take some gems that you'll find on here, my dogs love sticks and drums like they quest love. The double okay. entendres there are incredible. Okay, are you done? You want to just ad-lib over everything I fucking say? I, I don't but know, you, man. You were roasting me for putting the mob at number seven, but yeah, BB King freestyle criminal. making... Top 10 Wayne, bro. Yep. We're talking about one of the most iconic catalogs of all time. No, I disagree. Absolutely. Bro. And let me keep going. Money just keep coming in. You would think that I'm Irish the way it stays Dublin or how he makes the word sizzling rap with sibling just by adding that extra syllable to each word. It's masterful wordplay. Um, the student really turning into the mentor was sort of the experience that I had listening to this song. Um, and I also love that Drizzy is giving us lyrics and stories that he's never shared with us ever before you know rapping about how he used to get paid um to shovel in the winter in the cold winters of toronto or him having to walk dogs or sell clothes when he wasn't on yet just getting these trips down memory lane it's so deep it's so awesome and also the way he ends off his verse about how people are around him and they want to meet him for the fame and the clout but they don't want to nurture a real relationship with him. Lines like, everyone got their hands out, but it ain't to reach me. This is Drake speaking his heart out. And you're going to say it's not top 10 in his verse no. catalog? That's an L. Also, Wayne has an incredibly lengthy verse with dope punch lines and bars like, you fucking with my math, you better know some trigonometry because I'm going to be busting, leaving your lima bean at your mama feet. Like, he's in a different bag and he's getting ruthless while managing to stay calm. It's the perfect balancing effect where you're getting bars, you're getting a nice bluesy production. It's a flawless song from top to bottom. And to me, if I really had to look down on it, verse for verse, this is the best mixture of a Drake verse and a Wayne verse on one song. Absolute classic in the making. That's my number six. Easy. Sheesh, bro. Easy that money. Is, that is a bad selection. I listen. I never, I never doubt you for your selections, especially in top ten lists. Oh, you just did it right now. But so. this is the first time I'm ever going to do it. There's no way. BB it's King not the first and it won't be the last, yeah, brother. Get used to it. There is no way BB King Freestyle is a top ten Lil Wayne song. Absolutely. Maybe if you had to do a top fifty list, it would show up. Fifty? In the higher, what the fuck it, it are you show talking up about? Top ranking. fifty. Like it, it's not. Mind. It's not better than Blum Blowing. It's not better than Mega Man. It's, it's not better. better than it's Mega not Man better me. than Three Pete. It's yep. what are you going on, bro? It's there. A anyways, I'm gonna go into my number six, and this is gonna be Mata Lisa featuring Kendrick Lamar, 2018 release off of the Carter Five, my last Carter Five selection for today. And when considering this list, there was no doubt I was gonna have it here, just because I do think conceptually it is the most unique um, song in Wayne's catalog. But it was just more of a question of placement and. I don't think it's a top five Wayne song ever, at least in my opinion, but I wanted to have it close to there. It I is. do think that it's one of his best ever written songs, and it catches you in a bag that 
Wayne doesn't necessarily get into all that often. I'll explain to you why. Because obviously, you have the start off with the Kendrick verse that kind of leads you into what's going to happen. Um, well, no, sorry, with, with Wayne, with what's going to happen. And then you get into the second verse with Kendrick. And there's this back and forth between both of them. Um, and there's this synergy that I've never really seen before um, with a Wayne collaborator. And it's because they do this entire storytelling track where um, it's kind of this setup with this woman named Liz. And she plays the metaphor of Mona Lisa, this perfect woman that's kind of deceptive. And then after that sets up Kendrick Lamar in the second verse. And you guys are obviously familiar with the storyline of the uh, of the entire track. And just going into it, it's incredible because you also get an all-time great Kendrick Lamar feature, at least in my opinion. Um, all the types of different cadence switches and uses the U cadence to be able to display emotion the and, and the crying voice to be able to add an emotional depth to the track. And then after that, like Wayne popping in again and that just like kind of feels like you're on the scene with them. And I think that this is also a perfect display of imagery when it does come to the writing and when it comes to just feeling like you're a part of this immersive universe of a track and i absolutely had to include it um one of the best ever songs in wayne's catalog and i'm very happy we got it in 2018 because man like i don't revisit it all that often but whenever i do it's just a treat because you're, you're locked and loaded from start to finish it's a track that you can't put down like once you start it you don't want to finish it you want to go the entire runtime, and i think it is a classic song yeah i mean i I think anytime we start a song, we want to finish it all the way through for the most part. But there's but certain songs that let's you get bored. You're going to listen to 30 seconds and put it down, bro? Like, what do you mean? Well, there's certain songs, let's say, you don't want to listen to an extended intro. Or let's say there's certain songs that have those long... Like this, you have to listen to start to finish and pay attention. Yeah, I think that goes for any storytelling song. But I do have it in my top five. I do believe that it is a top five Lil Wayne song. To be all right, where are, we, where are we at? Number five? We're in our top five. Here it is. Um, let me see here. I have... Yeah, I have mostly Carter songs from here on out, just to get, kind of give a preview. Uh, for, for myself, it's all Carter 3 and Carter 2. Really? Okay, exclusively those two albums. Interesting. Okay. Well, how about you? How many Carters do you have? I got how many different Carters? One, I got three different Carters in my top five. What would you have off of the Carter 1? Nothing. What would you have off of the I don't have anything oh, off of the Carter 1. Oh, it's true, Mona is going to make your top five. Exactly, line. there you go. All right, I, so then I have Carter 2 and Carter 3 stuff, but... Number five, Money on My Mind off of the Carter 2, another track that I think is better than Oh No, and to me, this is Wayne's money anthem. It feels as grandiose as you want it to be. Um, the reason why I love it too is that like just thinking about some of Wayne's most unique beats, this is another one that falls into that bracket just because you have these intense synths that are spiraling all throughout the song and sort of crossing each other in this really cool sonic way. You Incredible have a thumping song. bass line as well. Um, and he gave us a bunch of songs like this where he's spazzing for like four minutes or longer. And that's just, that's peak wheezy to me at the end of the day. And not only did he make, you know, a song that sounds super confident, but like I said, this is maybe my favorite braggadocious Wayne song because he starts off the song with lines like stepping out the motherfucking car, they in awe. And then he, sends a, he has a bunch of other fly shit. But I also love the twisted metaphors that he'll give you. For example, um, Dear Mr. Toilet... I'm the shit. Got these haters pissed because my toilet paper thick. Like, most rappers would have stopped that line after Dear Mr. Toilet, I'm the shit. But he actually, like, these other haters are pissed. Like, he gave you, he actually followed through with the shit bar to a point where you're like, you know what? This is way better than the basic toilet bars you'll get. He actually made this sound clever. Well, that's the thing, though. Where that... it, if, if other rappers would have done it, it would have been corny. Um, apart from that, this is just Wayne in his ultimate Dawn era, um, you know, with that that classic motto of 
money over girls and women and him really breathing and living that braggadocious lifestyle. Like this is the epitome of that for me and Lil Wayne. And like I said, everything about this song is quality. So that's my number five. All right, number five, I have Dr. Carter off of the Carter Three. I think that this is one of the most original um, song concepts in Wayne's catalog from a written standpoint. It's so interesting too because um, Wayne was getting a lot of flack back then. You know, Lil Wayne is obviously praised as a legend right now, but there was a lot of criticism on Wayne back then for kind of like not killing the genre, but example, like Nas released like hip hop is dead back then. And it was like this whole sentiment that, oh, well, you know, the genre is kind of dying and there's not necessarily that quality in lyricism anymore. And people don't really um, truly appreciate the fact of hip hop anymore. And at that time of all that criticism, Lil Wayne was on top. He was the most dominant rapper. He was the one that was leading the game. And I felt like this was a song that kind of silenced all of that for people and really showed what Wayne's creativity could do on a track and the lengths he's willing to go to further prove that he is one of the best MCs to ever do it. So, you know, this is kind of like Lil Wayne's precursor to Mona Lisa where it's not necessarily like a storytelling track, mm -hmm. but it's more of the song concept of him, you know, personifying a doctor um, that's taking care of the rap game and talking to different sick rappers depending on what their needs are. So example, like let's say there was a certain rapper that came in and his flow wasn't all that hot or let's say his lyrics weren't all that good, then Lil Wayne would go into explanation and would kind of give you the back and forth with that rapper on how to improve. Or let's say there was a certain rapper that wasn't able to keep his steam, well, he would go into the back and forth of that. And I just, I love the way that this song is structured. I think structurally it's one of Wayne's best ever songs because he's taking you patient for patient and then after that towards the end and the climax max of the song you kind of get like well hip-hop's not dead motherfuckers like i'm still here and like i'm dr carter like i'm here to be able to save the game and keep it in good health and i just i love what this song symbolizes at the peak of his career um super original song concept i don't think it's one of the most interesting productions that you could get in wayne's catalog but i'm not really going to that song for this i'm going it for more of the originality and the factor of it being you know such an original song concept and it having sort of like an historic importance within hip-hop at that time so i wanted to include it it's a song that i go back to all the time it's actually a personal favorite of my cousin chris's as well so it was a song that we used to listen to back then too and um just something i wanted to make crack this list and incredible lyricism all the way through yeah i think it's a super important song i think like lyrically and music it's one of his best probably not but conceptually it is one of his um you know most original and uh, and creative songs but number four is gonna be mona lisa off of the carter five um i'm not gonna say too much about this because you kind of broke down especially the kendrick feature the different you know vocal cadences that he tapped into genius i also love what little wayne did in terms of the way that he attacked his verse because he's rapping directly like to the victim which yeah. i found was super ruthless and cold-blooded and um i also just love the double meaning of the Mona Lisa title, the fact that, of course, you have Liz, who's an actress, who's being deceptive to her man, um, and who's faking a smile, just like a lot of people view the Mona Lisa painting as sort of like a half smile where you don't really know if she's being real or fake, similar to the Liz character. But also the other meaning of like, it is Mona Lisa, it is a painting, because with their words, Kendrick and Wayne are painting you this picture to the point that you feel like you're on the scene so i love the descriptive writing and i love and appreciate this so much to the point where i put it over so many other fantastic songs because i never go to Lil wayne for storytelling that's not listen Lil wayne is a legend one of the best to ever do it storytelling isn't really a strong suit to get to, to get a song like this 
that totally catches you off guard in the Carter Five. It was a massive can moment. I, can I ask you an interesting question? Yeah. With, okay, because we're going to be doing an episode on the best storytelling songs of all time. Is it going to be cracking your list? I don't know. I, it might. I think it's definitely it has to be for the 2010s. It's it's one of the best. Yes, absolutely. Without a doubt. But and bringing Kendrick into this type of world as well was just a perfect play on curation. You, you couldn't have had a better rapper to be able to come and play on that type of level. And it's and funny as fuck, bro. They're they're being playful, like the the lollipop ringtone on the line. Yeah, it, it's crazy because it's even so at that, it, you know what's impressive is that Wayne doesn't necessarily get into his storytelling bag like you say, but. Bro, he keeps up with Kendrick and maybe even adds like an extra oomph over Kendrick to where like, bro, he's doing all of the setup for that first verse. That mm -hmm. first verse is so important because like if you don't have that, that that depictive like first verse from Lil Wayne, how does it set you up for the second verse from Kendrick to be able to like get to the climax of the story? So underrated Lil Wayne verse, I think one of the best ever. But at my number four, best rapper alive off of the Carter 2, one of his best ever songs. And kind of going back to your number five pick, um, my best rapper alive pick kind of plays on the same front as that because I feel like this is one of Lil Wayne's most anthemic songs ever. W. Um, I also think that it's one of the best songs in his catalog. And it's just, it's incredible because the way that they sampled Fear of the Dark by like Iron Maiden is so fucking crazy. The way that those big guitars kick in at the beginning of the song, like you're absolutely locked in. And then after that, obviously the triumphant vocals from like, not sure if it's a choir or if it's a crowd, but they kind of bleed in and out of the production. And then you just get Lil Wayne spazzing throughout the entire track. And it's basically just him, like, explaining why he should be considered the best rapper alive. Like, there's the term best rapper alive, but when a rapper actually makes a track dedicated to why they should be the best rapper alive and giving you actual factual reasons, it's absolutely incredible. And just... Him putting you onto the scene of where, like, his life was at, like, you know, bet 100 grand on a football game, let's say on a random Sunday, for example, and just, you know, betting it all on one day. It's just, it's so incredible to be in that braggadocious Wayne energy, and I do feel like that's the epitome of that. You know, that's, like, the top of the mountain, in my opinion, for, like, yeah. a, an incredible Wayne song. And I just so. love that, like, for a song that has this big competitive spirit, he chose to rap over... Um, a song or a production, I should say, that is often used at like sport events and stuff like that. So Genius Play, one of my favorites off of the Carter 2, top five off of the track list, I think, without a doubt. So that was one I was considering putting on my list as well. But here we go. Top three. Top three. I have another mixtape song on it here, and that's going to be the Run This Town remix off of No Ceilings from 2009. And listen, when I reflect on Lil Wayne's legacy... Um, I'm always going to be thinking about how scary it must have been for any rapper to put out a hit song in the 2000s knowing that Wayne might snatch that song and make it his own. And obviously, Wayne wasn't like the pioneer of this, right? He wasn't the first rapper to ever make a tape or to rap over other people's beats. I mean, you had the G-Unit guys doing it. You had the Locks, Dipset, Joe Budden. They were sort of the first to do it. But Wayne became the undeniable robber to the point where... Um, you're not safe to put out a hit song because he might rap over it and make it his own and make it a better version. And it's interesting that with Run This Town, because Wayne has a history of notoriously fucking up Jay-Z beats, obviously Run This Town being an ex a prime example, but also the song Blacking Out, where he rapped over the story of OJ beat, which was incredible. Also, um, his song Show Me What You Got, which is a remix of Doe Is What I Got. Also, Wayne rapping over December 4th and other amazing Jay-Z beats. And what's the most crazy to me is that you have a song with Run This Town that has Jay-Z, 
Kanye West, Rihanna, you have a song that won a Grammy, that's two times platinum, and yet a No Ceilings mixtape Wayne cut ends up being better and trumping this smash fucking hit, and every line on this song is a fucking bar, bro. Like, just take this couplet, for example. Pump to your chest, I ain't talking CPR. Riding this track like a motherfucking streetcar. Like, you get that? Mm -hmm. For the entire fucking song, everything is a double entendre or a slick homophone or something technical while he's rapping over this triumphant beat. And I know it's a hot take, but to me, this is absolutely um, Wayne's best mixtape mixtape song. It's up there. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, very interesting pick. I'm not sure if I would have it top three, go but back. I, I, I like the placement, though. I if like you're the saying that, you got, it means you got to go back. It's bold. I did, I, actually, I did go back. I went back to the uh, to the No Ceilings uh, tape, and I was like going back through some stuff and shit. So, uh, very interesting placement. But at number three, this is where my placement for Let the Beat Build is actually going to come in off of the Carter 3. And um, I think you mentioned this in your explanation, but this is Wayne's best ever beat. I think that the beat selection is absolutely on par, and you did a great job of explaining how um, the beat progresses in tempo and BPM. And what I find so interesting is that, yes, you're maybe not going to be getting the sharpest word play, but while you still are, it's fucking, it's an incredible performance. But the way that Wayne is able to morph into this monster and just com- completely you know, destroy line for line on a flow and cadence level while matching the progression of the production, I think is an all-time performance in his catalog. Even musically as a song, like, it's just ear candy, man. Like, you're going to get an an earworm for this. This is also a song that I think that could get any person into Lil Wayne's music. Like, whenever someone says, oh, well, I don't like Pussy Monster. I don't like Lollipop. You know, I think that it's plastic and shit like that. Like, show them something like this. Show them a, a, a song like this. I think on the production... And performance level of things, it's just, it's bar, it's par for par, in my opinion. It's really there, and I wanted to include it in my top three. It's an all-time favorite for mine as well, so um, Lou, you did a good job of explaining it, so I'll kind of let yeah. that be what it is. So yeah, number two for me, I think we're going to have the same number two, a Millie. Millie off the Carter Three is going to be number two, as well. two absolutely. What's yeah, there not I mean, to say well, about yeah, this Yeah, what song? haven't we said about this song? I think that if you don't have this... In your top 10 Wayne songs, you're, you're just a bit pretentious at that point. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're trying to be different for the sake of being different because of how popular it is. And um, this is everyone's, not everyone, but this is a lot of people's favorite Wayne song. And you could tell why. I mean, he's just going in with this arsenal of unbreakable flows. And he was rapping like a maniac on this, bro. Like, when did you ever hear anyone else sounding like like that in that time era? Oh, it's, you a, didn't. it's really, it's a completely different and the Bangladesh be like... Because for... Bangladesh did a radio interview talking about this production, and I feel like I've mentioned this maybe in ranking the Carter series, uh, but he was talking about how he wanted to make a smash shit out of this beat, right? And he gave it to Wayne, and he was expecting maybe something a bit different structurally in the approach of the song. And when he got back that one verse, it was like, well... Sheesh, this is going to be an all-time classic, and lo and behold, it's arguably the best song in Wayne's catalog, and I think that's just the definition of Wayne's career. You know, bring all-time great rapping performances when it comes to flow, cadence switches, originality, and wordplay punchlines, but it's going to be a smash hit, and it's going to be an all-time classic, and I think that when you have to look at a Millie, it's probably the song that defines his career, you know? I don't owe you, like, two vowels? Come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's stupid at a certain point, and you have to question if this guy's even human. So, number two is going to be a Millie. All right, bro, explain to me why you think the mob 
is his best ever the song. The Mob is his better is his best song of all time. And um, like I was saying, off the Carter two, there's songs like Oh No, there's songs like Hit 'Em Up, there's songs like Best Rapper Alive that all um could be considered to be his best. But to me, um, this is just a perfect Lil Wayne performance where you are not getting a hook or a break for five fucking minutes straight. Lil Wayne is spazzing off. Um, and what's cool too is that not only are you getting one of his best ever lyrical performances where you're literally getting multi-syllabic rhyming, which you don't often get from Wayne. And what's cool is that there's moments where it's not even like two syllables that follow from line to line. You're getting three syllable links that are being rhymed together from one line to the next at certain parts of this verse, which is absolutely mind blowing to me. Um, not only that, but what's crazy too is the fact that this song instrumentally, it's so stylistically diverse because you're getting some chipmunk soul with the sample, but you're also getting this rapid fire drum pattern that has this triumphant sound. So I feel like it was a meshing of two sounds that are usually separate for most artist productions. But here, I'm just gonna check uh, what the sample was behind. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's true. I have it in my notes. Go here, ahead. Here they joined forces to make this all time thumping Wayne beat. Um, it was the intro. It was one of those songs where it's like when I first heard this, like 30 seconds into the song, I'm like. Well, the Carter 2 is going to be a classic, and you're fucking right, because this was a song that kicked everything off, um, and it's just one of those songs where, like, I don't know, I feel like DJ Khaled, like, I just, I, I'm, I keep saying to myself, like, keep going, like, the whole fucking time, because he does not slow down, with anything he amps himself up, the more he gets into the meat of the track, and to me, this is the epitome of Lil Wayne being at his lyrical prowess, and doing what he does best, talking his shit, giving you clever wordplay, and these rhyme schemes that are unlike anything else. Can I play the sample, actually? I'm on who sample? Yeah, play, uh, play a couple seconds yeah. of that. Yeah, and that little piano roll right there, yeah. Uh, one of his Takes best your breath ever, away. Yeah, yeah, one of his best ever uh, beats, in my opinion. But let me go on to Oh No. So you mentioned Oh No as could be considered one of his best. I think it is his best. And yes, maybe um, the mob gets a bit more on the runtime on his level, but I think what you're getting out of this song for like the three and a half minutes that it is, it's one verse the same way. Um, but I think that this is a perfect song from all standards when you have to look at Lil Wayne's career. You have this incredible lead-in with the Oh No sample that then kicks in, and then just the way that the Oh No sample kind of like comes in and out of the production, I feel like it's one of the most creative parts of the Carter II as far as creation goes. Um, also, the diversity in subject matter within the verse is also extremely interesting because you're getting Wayne talking about an abundance of different topics, like example, like, you know, the street life and the gangster rapper life, but in sort of like a, a, a different sort of mode that he's never really tapped into in his career. So like cops killing for crack, you know, the story, snakes eat rats, fa feast of facts, you can't charge him, can't shoot it if you ain't aim him, can't miss him, if he kill you, you can't blame him, like just incredible wordplay and lyricism throughout the entire verse and I just I love what he's able to do also with asserting his dominance not only in the street life and also his knowledge in the street life but also being able to carry that in towards the end of the verse but also within rap and I'm feeling like Mike at a Tyson fight I'm from Cedar House Big Mama's house she told me to shoot you right after I knock you out just 
viciousness from Lil Wayne from a song that I've never really felt like that before in his catalog, at least for myself. Maybe like it hits a funny bone in me for a certain reason, but this Wayne song speaks to me on a different level when it comes to motivation and even stylistically, like the way that he starts off the verse with a bit more of like a calmer cadence. And then as the verse continues to progress, he gets more and more aggressive. It seems like he's kind of like closing you into a corner and then mix that in with the dynamic production of the Ono sample. I think it's a flawless song on an execution level. I think it's one of his best ever executed songs and in my opinion the best ever Lil Wayne song so that's catalog. it guys that is our top 10 Lil Wayne songs now the question becomes can we add any Carter 6 songs to this list once that album ends up coming out that's What's the your big take? question yes or no? maybe one if we're lucky I think I mean we'll see what ends up happening I mean Wayne is still that guy he's still able to wrap his ass off at any given moment as he's proven with his feature run as a late but guys let us know how did you enjoy this episode which rapper should we do a top 10 songs list for next and as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode if you guys do want to support us and stay tuned with the nfr audio experience make sure to follow us on spotify on apple you guys could even leave us a five-star rating and a kind review if you guys do have the time of course we appreciate everybody for listening we'll be back next tuesday as we are here every single Tuesday with a new episode for you guys. Much love, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.